Hey, thank you for checking out our uh, online sermon series. Uh, we're actually starting a new sermon series here at Coastal Community Church called Coastal Because. And as many of you know, we're getting ready to change locations. And, and change sometimes brings uh, a, a nervousness. And so uh, this series is designed to remind us w- what we are, what we believe, uh, really what is in the DNA of Coastal. And that happens no matter where we meet. So I hope you'll join us for a six-week series called Coastal Because. One of the things we always want to remind you is that this, uh, these, these online videos, these online sermons are to be a supplement for your spiritual growth. And uh, we have a deep conviction at Coastal Union Church that you should be a part of a local church. And so if uh, you are in our area, we would love for you to be a part of our local church. We meet at 815, 945, and 1115. And uh, we hope you'll join us for one of our services. Hi, I'm Marty, and I have the awesome privilege of leading the prayer ministry here at Coastal Community Church. And when Pastor Sean preached on the Beyond series and was asking the church to pray about a satellite building because of our growth situation here, I didn't feel that's what God was wanting for us. And I started praying and I found out that the Super Kmart building I thought was gonna be up for sale. And I started praying for that personally And when Pastor Andrew was brought on to the staff, I had shared that with him, what I had been praying about. And it was probably two weeks later that Pastor Andrew came and said, we're not going to get the Super Kmart building because Kroger was going to move into there. And I said, well, the Kroger building will be just fine. I remember clearly the day that Marty came and told me that he was starting to pray um, for Coastal to get the Kroger building, and he said, we need to be praying for that. I later shared that with my prayer team, and we started praying for it, and it was months later that Pastor Sean announced from the pulpit that we were in negotiations to purchase the Kroger building. And I can remember clearly what I thought, and that was, yeah, right. We're going to get this big commercial building, a nonprofit organization like us, get this commercial building. And I really was ye of little faith. Um, And months later, I was just shocked when Pastor Sean stood at the pulpit and told us, we are in negotiations with Kroger for their building. And I just say, that's how our daddy rolls. So we had three needs at Coastal Community Church. We needed, we needed seating, we needed children's space, and we needed more parking. God provided for us a great opportunity in the center of the peninsula. We started the campaign. We challenged the church to raise $300,000 in one offering and a million dollars over and above our regular giving. And we are almost there. We're just a couple hundred thousand from completing this project. And I know many of you have fulfilled your pledges. Some of you are still fulfilling your pledges. And I want to thank you for that. I want to remind us, you know, we're not building a church building. We're building an opportunity for people to hear the life-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ. And uh, we, that's, our, that's our vision at Coastal, is to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. And so your donation, your offering to the Beyond Campaign is far bigger than just building a building. It's an opportunity. God is placing us right in the center of the peninsula where we can lift up the gospel of Christ. And not only do people have the opportunity to have the abundant life here on earth, but to have eternal life through our Savior, Jesus. Great stuff, huh? Do me a favor, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, am I on? 
because I can yell louder if I need to. So um, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, if you don't have a Bible, it's probably one in a, in a chair in front of you. And uh, we're, uh, I'm, I'm doing a little update this morning uh, on our Beyond campaign. And so if you're not aware of what that is, it's a campaign that as a church we decided to do uh, about nine months ago. And uh, the goal was to raise a million dollars over and above our, our regular giving over an 18-month period for us to relocate. And really spent all, about six weeks in that campaign defining why we needed to do that and, and, uh, and, how, and how we could accomplish the goals that God had for us. And so this, we're at the midpoint, okay? And, and I just need, I want to remind you, I mean, the whole reason we started this campaign, we, we were out of space, out of space in, in our, our corporate worship. We needed seating. We needed parking because we're parking all over the neighbor's places. And, and our children, if you've ever been back in our children's ministries, the, our children's rooms were just packed. And so, you know, we needed, we needed more space. And so we began praying about that. And we did think we were going to campus at first. And, and the Lord gave us another opportunity to, um, to just relocate here in the center of the peninsula. And so, um, so our verse for this campaign was Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. So take, take a look at this with me. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. That was our verse, and we're still, we're still kind of leaning into this teaching. So I'm going to pull a couple things out of this this morning. I want to give you a little vision, a little update, uh, and give you some things about where we're going. There's some exciting uh, new information I want to present this morning as well. So let's talk about the idea of glory to God, okay? What does that mean? What, what is, you know, it's a, kind of a church phrase. Uh, you, can, we, we, you know, what in the world does it mean to bring glory to God? The idea of glory is the idea of bigness. The idea of glory is the idea of transcendence. The idea of glory is that God is to be worshipped for his bigness or for his transcendence. And so when we talk about God's transcendence or his bigness, uh, of course, if you're like me, my mind immediately goes to his imminence, meaning the thing, I always say, imminence is the stuff we like to talk about, right? It's, it's the closeness of God to us in Christ. It's his, it's his love and his mercy and his kindness and his grace and his forgiveness, all found in the person and the work of God's son, Jesus Christ. That's his imminence. But glory is bigger than that. It's, it, glory is also the, the, the set-apartness of God, the, the stuff sometimes we we get uncomfortable with when we talk about this piece of the character of the God of the Bible. And I'm talking about his holiness and his all-consuming power and his omniscience and his judgment and, yes, even his wrath. Glory is, this is the Sean Brown phrase, phrase you know, you're not going to find it in the Bible, but the glory for me is, is the wowness of God. It's that part of you steps back and goes, I'm like, I'm overcome, I'm overwhelmed. There's, there's no way for me to even describe the God of the Bible. And so Paul here says, hey, we're to bring glory. There is to be a wow factor around the God that we worship. And, and of course, glory is closely linked to the idea of worship. And, and what does it mean to worship something? Well, the, worship, the word worship means to ascribe worth to something. And we all do that. Our hearts, 
uh, our nat- we're, we're wired up internally to be little worship factories. It's, it's not a matter of if you worship something. It's a matter of what you worship, what you ascribe value to. What is it that consumes your heart and your thoughts and your being? And the truth be told, the message of the scripture, by the way, is that if you ascribe ultimate value to anything besides God's son, Jesus Christ, you will, the Bible word for that is idolatry, and you'll be consumed by your idols because your idols can never really fulfill you. They're, they're an empty cistern that you'll keep returning to, but, but never find purpose and hope and joy and ultimately even eternal life. You're not going to find that. And there's all kinds of pictures of this, like, like an athlete that is consumed with their sport, an athlete that ultimately that's all that they worship. And, and so what happens is an athlete that's consumed with their sport, that that's the center of their being, they, they, man, they will, I mean, an athlete will give up sleep in order to train more. An athlete will, will avoid junk food in order to be fit, all to be successful at the sport. The problem is that sport is going to let you down eventually. Whether the big you don't win the big game, or you know, and and, and I've been uh, had the unique opportunity because of what my father-in-law does for a living. He's a professional soccer coach. I've gotten to know some professional athletes, and I've gotten to know that you know, I've known someone that have retired in their late thirties. And what I've always told those professional athletes is like, look, we all get told at some age we can't play anymore. All right, for most of us around eighteen, you know, it's like, well, you're just not good enough. And and so if your idol is that sport, at some point, even if you're a professional athlete, it comes to an end because your body breaks down. It's just a matter of time. And you know, if you got paid for it, way to go. Most of us never got paid a dime to play, right? And so you know, it's it's, it's an unrelenting idol. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could be the workplace. I, I, I want to be incredible at my job. And if that becomes the center of your worship, right, the center of your being, you, you may give up family time and church time and free time and fitness time, all to be a success at work. And, and things can go great until a recession hits, right? And, and there's things that happen that are completely out of your control. And when, when that happens, that idol can, can be very disappointing to you. And instead of giving you life, it robs you of life. And if you have an addiction, like another idol could be the addict, your, your heart ascribes worth to the next high, right? Have you ever known an addict, man? They will burn all kinds of bridges to get to their next high until, you know, they've burned every bridge they have. They've, you know, if you've ever talked to the family of someone who struggles with a drug addiction, man, they have stolen, they have broken relational trust, on and on it goes until that idol leaves you wasted and wanting, right? And by the way, if you're here this morning, and this is a, this is a beyond update, okay? This is a fundraising campaign that we're doing. But let me just tell you something. Well, the reason we're raising funds to relocate is we want you to know how to be free from your idols at Coastal Community Church above all else. If that's you this morning, as I'm talking about idols and, man, what captures your heart, and you realize, man, I am, what's capturing my heart is something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will leave you wanting. And if you came in here this morning wanting, I've got really good news for you. The hope is in the Savior, God's Son, Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that you can value with all your heart that won't leave you wanting, both in this life and the life to come. And we want to lift up the gospel of Christ at Coastal Community Church. In fact, you can, we can worship things, we can put things at the center of our heart that are good, but misplaced, right? I mean, God said, 
the very beginning of the book, Genesis 1 and 2, man, it's not good for a man to be alone, right? And so he created a helpmate. And so we can begin to put that, uh, this desire to be in relationship at the center of our being. And suddenly that consumes us because and we, we become disappointed because no individual person can completely fulfill you apart from Christ. You can, you can put something good in the center of your being, but it's misplaced in the timing of God or in the economy of God. And that's why the only thing that gives life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, your idol will leave you bankrupt and joyless and burdened and entangled. And so you have to ascribe worth to God, glory to God, through the gospel message of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 gives, actually gives us two ways to bring glory to God. This is fascinating to me, by the way. Check this out in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. He says, bring, Paul says, bring glory to God to him in the, what's it say? In the what? In the church. Isn't that fascinating? That fascinates me because I would have thought that, of course, he's going to mention Jesus, right? We bring glory to God through Jesus, but it's fascinating. He actually starts with the church. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We bring glory to God through the local church. I really want that to sink into your heart and mind. I mean, it it drives me crazy when people say, well, I love God. But man, I just, I don't like his people, right? Me either, okay? I got, and I'm one of the, I don't even like me all the time, and I'm part of the mess, you know? But we ascribe glory to God when we link arms with other believers, and we understand that we can accomplish more for the glory of God together than apart. Is that clear? The local church is incredibly important. Don't, don't, t- don't say you love God but hate his people. We have to link arms with one another, love one another, forgive one another. And, then, and, the, and Paul says this is, how you, this is how you bring glory to God. And one of the things I want to be clear on, like the church is not a building. We are not moving to a new church. We are the church. Is that clear? That's why I always address you guys. I start off, usually most of us are a church. Here we go, right? Because you're the church. We're set apart to bring glory to God and when we link arms together. And by the way, I want to make sure we define a church right, okay? When I talk about church, I'm talking about a church that holds this book up and says, man, this is God's word and it's, uh, and it's objective and it's true, all right? And, and builds on this, because there's a lot of churches that are moving away from this. And as a church moves away from this as being the word of God, I, I, in my opinion, you cease being a church. You may still have it in the title, but you're doing something other than what God would have for, you, at that point, you're a, a country club or whatever club in the community. When I say church, I'm talking about a Bible-believing church that's biblically or, organized and upholds the holiness and righteousness of God. I'm talking about a, a group of people that take sin seriously as defined by God. I'm talking about a group of people that forgive freely because they understand the grace of God. I'm talking about a group of people that, that love God and deeply love others. I'm talking about a, a group of people that say, hey, you know what? Our, des- our desire, as we talked about last week, is to make Jesus famous in all nations because he's the savior of the world. That, for me, when I say a church, is what a church is. And when a group of people says, this is the kind of church we are, and we link arms together to bring glory to God, I just believe you place yourself under the umbrella of the blessings of God Almighty. Okay? And by the way, I'm about to show you some of that in just a minute. It's really cool. I hope you're, I hope you're blown away in the middle of the sermon about what God has done through Coastal Community Church. 
And so we bring glory to God. And in order for us to change locations, man, we, we've had to link arms. And one of the things I've said from the beginning is, is for us to move locations, it, it requires everybody in this room that says, hey, Coastal Community Church is my home church. This is, this is I'm linking arms with my brothers and sisters in Christ in this local body. In fact, one of the phrases we've used in order to raise funds to, to relocate, we said it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. We all have to link arms and say, I'm a part of what God is doing through this local body. And so Paul says, listen, one of the ways we bring glory to God is through the local church. And the second thing is by lifting up Jesus Christ, lifting up the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church needs to exalt Christ above all else. The church needs to exalt his gospel and his grace and his salvation and his holiness and his righteousness, which is granted to us freely by grace through faith, through the person and work of God's son, Jesus Christ. This church that lifts up the gospel of Christ will see the glory of God as they link arms together. I, I think you actually see the two of these, the church and the gospel of Christ, come hand in hand in the teaching of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, you probably know what's going on. And probably as I begin to tell a story, you go, oh yeah, I know that story. The story is where Jesus sits down with his disciples. He says, hey, who out there in the culture, who do they say that I am? What's going on out there? Who they, what are, and, and of course, the disciples say, well, some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're one of the prophets of old. Somebody, some think you're Jeremiah. And so he looks at his disciples and says, well, who do you say that I am? And what does Peter say? And you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And by the way, the word Christ is a title, which means the anointed one, the Messiah, the, the hope. The, the Messiah had been hoped for from generations upon generations that he would come and save Israel. And the, the confusing part of the people of Israel was that they didn't understand that he came to save them from the penalty of their sin was the first part of the salvation, right? And so, man, they were hoping. And, and so Peter understood that this is the anointed one, the son of God. And so Jesus says to Peter, he says, now I say to you, you're Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus here couples what Peter just talked about, that he was the, this message of Peter, he, that Jesus is the Christ, couples it with the church, and he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's pretty cool, right? And Paul, I think, jumps off with this idea and says, we bring glory to God through the church and through Jesus Christ. Church Coastal, I want to I be a part of bringing glory to God, don't you? Linking arms together, accomplishing more together than we ever could individually. The second thing this passage reminds me as we talk about the beyond campaign and finishing what God has called us to finish here at Coastal Community Church, he says, our God is able. That's what Paul says. Our God, it is our God who is able. Check this out in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, all glory to God who is what? What's it say? Who is what? Who is able. How? Through his mighty power at work within us. Isn't that cool? to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. So the things that we accomplish are through his power as we work together. His power accomplishes more than we even ask or think. Now I sat down this week as I was thinking about the sermon and I made a list of some of the things that have happened just in 
less than a year at Coastal Community Church as, as we linked arms together and we worked together to bring glory to God and uplift the name and fame of Jesus Christ. Now I could, there's many more, but I, I want to give you just a couple of the big picture items, okay? And these aren't the individual items. We, we were able to close on the purchase of the old Kroger building. 55,000 square feet right in the center of the peninsula, commercial real estate. We had had a verbal agreement with Kroger. There was another offer that came in behind us before we could sign any paperwork, and Kroger, by their, because they were gracious and people of their word, stuck with our contract. Isn't that cool? And we were able to close on that. We were able to raise in an offering as a church body. We raised in an one single offering $300,000 so that our, we were able to finance it with our bank. That's what our bank had asked us to do. And that's a tremendous amount of resources by all of us linking arms saying, I want to be a part of what God is doing in Christ at this local church. Incredible. Am I the only one who thinks that's incredible? That's incredible, right? Lord willing, okay. Our prayer warriors, all right. We're going to close on this building tomorrow. Okay, so pray about that. We need to do that. It needs to be part of this journey. We never put a sign out. You know, we had we had we were negotiating behind the scenes with a couple different places. You know, because the Lord has been with us and He's showing off through the ministry of this church as we link arms together. This is a picture of a home in Honduras. Check this out. Now, if you've forgotten, I don't know if you remember this, but. When we started this campaign, one of the things I said is like this opportunity came that we didn't have in our budget to build a home coupled with a, a ministry in Honduras called Sparrow Missions. Uh, and they needed to build a home for some children, and I wanted to be a part of that. We needed to raise $20,000 to do that. And so what I suggested was that we would tithe on the first $200,000 that came into the Beyond campaign to make sure we built a home for some kids in Honduras, Right? Well, here's the home you guys built. Isn't that cool? Some of y'all in this room actually went out. Not only did we pay the finances to, to, build, to get the shell, but some of y'all even went to Honduras and finished the build out. If you're in that room, how many of y'all in this room went down there and helped finish the build out? Yeah, good, great. So you guys were down there. You helped finish that build out. Well, I want to introduce you to some people. Um, this is Chris and Alicia Weeks. They're the, uh, they're the house parents of the home that you built. Isn't that cool? And the three children that you see is uh, Brianne, Andy, and Kim. They're six, seven, and 11. These children arrived to this home. They were full of parasites, and they had stopped growing. They're now healthy, free from parasites. They've started growing again. They're in school, and they're even learning English. So if you ever get to go down and visit, hopefully you'll actually be able to talk to them in English. This is the first real bed that these children have ever had. You got to be a part of that. Isn't that cool? You made a difference for three kids that are being loved and hearing the gospel and eating right and sleeping well and being educated. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I want to give you a Gloucester update. How many of y'all remember when I shared this? Put this picture up there, Ronnie. I said there was a church up in Gloucester uh, called Ebenezer Baptist Church, and they... Um, their ministry had been declining through the years, and they, they weren't even able to, to um, up, keep up this building. They have a, a large, about 50,000-square-foot building, and so they were praying about closing their doors, 
and, and gifting their property uh, to another church. How many of y'all remember when I shared that with Coastal? Okay, good, 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 good. So hopefully you've been praying about that. And, and so behind the scenes, we've been talking, and, and uh, Ebenezer, as they were closing their doors, were talking to two churches about um, gifting some of their resources. And their heart was, they didn't want to just close their doors. They wanted to, they wanted to see their mini- the ministry, the gospel of Christ, go forward with the assets that they still own. Does that make sense? And so they were praying about how, how they could continue making sure Jesus was made famous through what they were called to steward. And so they were talking to us, and they were talking to another church up in the Gloucester community called Bridgepoint. And uh, the more we got to know the heartbeat of the people of Ebenezer, we realized, hey, you know what, it might, be, it might be a good thing for us to get together with the other church that they were talking to, Bridgepoint, and see if we can't come up with a mutually agreed upon proposal so that Ebenezer wouldn't have to decide between two churches, right? And, and so we began to sit down with Bridgepoint, and we began to talk, and, and, uh, and so we assessed some of their needs. They were in a temporary location, um, and they needed a building, okay? And, and, you know, as we were talking about this building, we knew that this building had some immediate needs, uh, T, what I called TLC needs that were quite expensive, and uh, just to keep it uh, functional. And so as we prayed and, and talked about it, we thought, you know, maybe, hey, maybe, you know, that's a little more, biting off a little bit more than, than we want to chew right now. Uh, and so we made a joint proposal with Bridgepoint to Ebenezer Baptist to, to divvy up their resources. And, and we said, hey, you know, you, you can bless two churches instead of one. The gospel can go forward, can continue to go forward. And we shared our vision for what we would do with the, with the resources, and, and Ebenezer was agreeable to that, and, and so they divvied up their resources, and they voted a couple weeks ago on the joint proposal that we made to them. Uh, actually, it was unanimous. It was 28 to nothing to agree to the proposal, so I know you're saying, well, what's the proposal? All right, so, so, so here's the proposal, and this is what they're offering as a gift to us, okay? We'll go back one. Um, so, Bridgepoint is getting this property right here, okay? And like I said, they needed a church home, and so that's a place for them to meet. We are getting some ancillary pieces, and the reason that we like this proposal is the pieces that we're getting don't have any immediate needs. They're, they're resources for us to, to use in the future. Uh, and you guys know, and I've made this very clear, we are praying about doing a campus in Gloucester, okay? As we're mo- of all the people in our church body, uh, the new location is probably more central for everybody but Gloucester folks, okay? Okay, and so we really want to bring Coastal to Gloucester. And so we're getting a couple ancillary pieces. We're getting about five acres that comes right. I wish I had the map here drawn. I don't, but it's about five acres that runs right here. Okay, They're gifting that to us. Now go to the next slide. They're gifting us a building right down the street from them that they own. Uh, this is about a 4,000-square-foot building built in the 40s, as well as a piece here, uh, and a four-acre piece that goes over here. Okay? Um, And so we see this as uh, a great tool for us to begin to launch our Gloucester campus. Now, I want everybody to hear me say this, okay? This is not where we want to be long-term, all right? Okay, we're all going to repeat the word not together. This is what? Not where we... Good, okay, not where we want to be long-term, but it's a great starting point, okay? There's very minimal maintenance. Uh, When we go to launch a campus, we'll do our leadership trainings there, uh, but that's not where we want to be long-term, okay? They're gifting us... One more slide. Uh, They're gifting us a piece in downtown Gloucester right off of Main Street. If you're familiar with Gloucester, here's the post office. Uh, And they have a... um 
They have about a half acre piece of property right here on Main Street that has a laundromat in it. And uh, so that's the plus side. The downside is got a, the laundromat has a very, very long-term lease. The lease will outlive all of us, okay? So uh, that's how long it is, but it generates some income. Um, and, and so let me share with you the vision that we have at Coastal, okay? And, and, uh, and Ebenezer knows this. Our vision is over time to liquidate these pieces, okay? Uh, it's not necessarily to keep them, uh, but to take the time that we need and to liquidate them. With the vision of uh, our desire is over time is to, um, as we liquidate them, is to build what I'm calling a war chest, okay, to launch a campus, right? We got to count the costs and we got to raise some funds and we, and we need to, to do that to get into Gloucester. And our vision would be to get Coastal Community Church on Route 17 in Gloucester. Uh, this is one thing we've learned at Leadership at Coastal is uh, one of the things that's really helpful in spreading the gospel of Christ is location, location, and what? Location, good. So, you know, we feel like 17 is a strategic location. So uh, Marty's not in this service, but I, last service I called Marty out and said, Marty, begin praying, okay? We would like to do two things, okay? We would like to purchase a permanent location on 17, okay? So you can begin praying about that. And, and, then, we, and then we're going to need a temporary location to get started, okay? So those are the two things. We need a permanent and a temporary location, and we want to be in a strategic location up on 17 so we can begin to pray. And so the vision is uh, with the proposal of Ebenezer and the gifting is to liquidate that over time and begin to put that set aside in an account to launch a campus in Gloucester. Cool? Is our God able to do infinitely more than we might think or ask? Of course, right? And so that's very, very exciting, all right? And so just be in prayer for that. Uh, I did have one question last service. Somebody asked me, what about, what about the, uh, the cemetery? Because behind that one building is a cemetery. Uh, we do, the, the, our responsibility there is to keep the grass cut, okay? That's what we have to do. So, you know, we have to keep the upkeep of the grass cut. So, um, so that's what we need to do. Now, I have two administrative pieces that I need you guys to be aware of, okay? Um, Ebenezer has asked for us to vote to receive the gift, okay? And so we want to honor their wishes, and so we're going to ask our membership to vote. And at Coastal, our constitution requires that we vote to, to disperse property. So we can't, the leadership can't sell the property without a vote of the membership, okay? So on April the 3rd, uh, we're going to ask the members to vote to receive and disperse. This is going to be one vote, receive and disperse. Uh, we're going to do that vote after all three of our services. So if you're a member, you can stay after. Um, now, if you're astute, you're you're going to go, that's spring break week, okay? Yes, I'm aware of that, okay? And as we looked at the calendar, uh, I had several choices. One, I didn't want to do it on Easter Sunday, because when I make an announcement for a vote, we have to wait two weeks. So I didn't want to do it... Um, on Easter Sunday, uh, and I didn't want to wait till the end of spring break because that Sunday is actually five weeks out by the time I get away from spring break, okay? So, so we're going to do the vote on April the 3rd. Um, in between the services. If between now and then you have any, any questions, you know, please ask me, ask any of the members of my executive team, which is Pastor Andrew, Pastor Joey, or Bethany Lay, or you can ask one of your elders, especially if you're a member, you've met with an elder, that's your elder. So go ask one of your elders, okay? And uh, we will answer any questions that we have. Uh, but man, I'm very, very excited. It's a great opportunity. We're going to look to liquidate this, and we're not in a rush, and uh, it's very limited risk, and it's just a great opportunity for God, to, I think, blessing us to get up in Gloucester with the vision we have to take the gospel to Gloucester. Good? All right, exciting. So those are some great things where I think God has kind of wowed us and go, wow, God, you've, you've done more than we could even think or imagine. That happens when we link arms. And, and, and I know many of you have given to the Beyond campaign. It's incredible uh, 
to see the Lord continue to provide. And I, and I know that if, if you're a part of that and, you, and you're, you're parting with your, your time, your talent, and your resources, I would imagine that you probably have an eternal perspective. You know, you're not, you're not going to be a part of something like this. You're not, you know, some of you have probably gave so much that if your family members knew, your extended family members knew about it, they'd probably like, you did what? You know, kind of thing. You don't do that unless you have an eternal perspective, right? And that's what Paul tells us in Ephesians 3.21, glory to him in the church, and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's an eternal perspective. You have to say, hey, this is what God is doing here on earth, but it has eternal impact. It goes on forever and ever. We have to step back and say, you know what, I've got this, I've got this limited time on earth to make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you to, to be a part of Coastal. Link arms with your brothers and sisters in Christ, giving to the local church with an eternal perspective, knowing, you know what, we link arms together, we, we accomplish more together than being on our own to make an eternal difference. Now, let me do a so what, I'm going to wrap this sermon up this morning. I know it's a little bit, of, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update, okay, where we are on the Beyond campaign. Uh, I don't have the thermometer up here that tells you when we make it kind of thing, um, but uh, here's where we are, Okay. We set out as a goal at Coastal Community Church nine months ago to raise a million dollars over an 18-month period over and above our regular giving. So we asked our, our people, hey, you know, we don't want you, if you, if you take away from your regular giving, you're literally robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, and we don't want to cut back our ministries. We want to continue to do ministries. So we challenged our church, could you pray about giving over and above your regular giving so that we could relocate? To date, we've taken in just under $660,000 of the million, okay? So we've taken in $658,000. That includes the one-time offering we did of raising $300,000 in the one-time offering. We've had $144,000 come in that wasn't pledged. So there's maybe some new families that have joined Coastal since last May and they want to be a part, uh, or maybe some folks that just didn't pledge but gave anyway. So we've raised 144000 of unpledged money. So it's very exciting to me. If that's you that have been a part of that, thank you very, very much. We have 434000 uh, of pledges that have not yet been received. So we have 400, over $400,000 of people said, hey, I want to be a part, and just it hasn't all come in just yet. So for me, that's very, very exciting, okay? Um, to hit our target of a million dollars between now and December, we need to raise $340,000 between now and the end of the year, all right? So if there's one thing I've known about Coastal Community Church is this church generally goes over and above when it comes to generosity. And so I'm hopeful, not only do we hit a million, I'm hopeful we exceed it. I think Coastal's the kind of church that's open-handed with the Lord and, and, and trusts in what God is doing personally to help be a part of that. And so my hope is we'll exceed a million dollars by the end of December. Now, as you know, we're looking to get into our new building by the end of April, okay? Um, and it, we're pushing hard to make that happen. And, uh, and so our goal is to, is to get in by the end of April. We're calling that a soft opening. We'll have a grand opening in September. Okay, so part of the push to get in there, okay, has created some challenges uh, financially, okay? So we're not broke. Okay, don't, don't hear that because we are not broke. Uh, we've got very, very positive cash flow, which has been fantastic, but we have depleted most of our reserves in order to get in by April. And we wanted to do that to offload this building and, and the, 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 uh, the resources that this building uses off of our regular giving and to get in as quickly 
quickly as we can so that we can stop running out of space at key times, okay? Because uh, this is time change week, but most weeks this service is packed and overflowing out in the lobby, okay? And so we wanted to alleviate that burden so God can continue to send us the people he wants to send us. But we're cutting it close financially, okay? And so, um, and there's some things we weren't able to do in phase one that we had hoped to do, okay? But we needed to cut a few things to get in uh, with the cash that God had given us and entrusted to us. So uh, we, we've patched the roof, but the roof needs a pretty major overhaul, okay, long term. And so you know, we want to be able to get to that, and that protects our investment and the tool God has done, given us to do ministry. Uh, we're getting, someone has offered us a sound system, so we're borrowing a sound system, but long term, uh, we want to put in a sound system so people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? We have, we, there's some windows we wanted to put in the building to allow more ambient light that we were, we had to cut out of the project on this end, but we're hoping to do that later so that this will be more ambient light in the building, okay? So, so those things that we hope to still do as the resources come in, all right? Um, and we want this building to be all that, that we dream and, and envision it to. It's going to be beautiful on the inside. And um, so if you've not yet given, okay, or you're new to Coastal, here's the deal, okay? When we started this campaign, uh, I was very forthright with the church, and I said, man, we're asking everyone to give at least, if they can, $100 a month over and above their regular giving to accomplish this goal. Some people have given less because that's what they could do. Some people have given a lot more because that's what they could do. And again, it comes down to what we, our slogan was during this campaign, not equal giving, but what? It's equal sacrifice, right? Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Um, you know, for us to make this happen, it's, it's going to require every single person who calls Coastal Community Church their home church to link arms with their brothers and sisters in Christ and bring this to completion. And so maybe you're in the camp that you finished your pledge and God has blessed you and you're able to do a little bit more. Let me encourage you. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. You know, maybe you've made a pledge and for whatever reason you haven't been able to start giving to that pledge. Let me encourage you. It's time to start. We got nine months. Let's raise that money that, that we've pledged to raise, and let's see what God can do as we link arms together. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. Maybe you've been faithful giving to your pledge monthly. Let me just say thank you, or maybe you've completed your pledge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. You know, maybe, you know, it's that time of year, right, where some of y'all use Uncle Sam as your savings account, you're going to get a tax refund. And so, you know, maybe you have an opportunity to tithe on that, you know, and, and be a part of helping complete this goal. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. No matter where you are in this process, okay? Let me, let me, let me just share this with you. I really believe this to be true. You are not going to want to go into that first worship service in a couple weeks. I mean, we're a few weeks away and not have been a part of making that happen. I can tell you that. You're going to want to look around at your brothers and sisters in Christ and go, man, we, we joined with them and we were part together. Because it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. And so just to give you a timeline, then we're going to close with prayer. First service is going to be the end of April. We're going to try to do some more sweat equity over the summer. And then we're going to have our grand opening in September, okay? And we're shooting for September 18th as our grand opening. As part of the grand opening, we're going to do a ribbon cutting, okay? We're, as part of the grand opening, uh, we're going to equip you to invite your neighbors, okay? We're going to try to make a big deal of it in the community. And as part of the grand opening, and we're going to even ask you to ask your neighbors to be a part of this, we're going to, call, we're going to do a thing where we stuff the food pantry shelves 
ourselves, okay? Because October, November, December are some of our biggest numbers to feed our community uh, in the food ministry, right? And so we're going to, as a community, we're going to stuff the shelves and make sure that there's plenty of food for the community. Does that sound cool? It's going to be very exciting, okay? So that's going to be in September. But between now and then, I want to encourage you, man, we're almost there. It is so exciting. And I want to thank you for your generosity. And I want to challenge you. Let's complete what God has called us to complete. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. In fact, let's do this. This is going to be our closing prayer. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes because I think this is a prayer of Paul's. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.